Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money FM 89.3, good morning. You're here with me, Danko, on Your Money. And it's time for that segment or that hour with Willie King. We're going to talk all about investment bites. Now, Willie. On today's topic, we're going to talk all about stock picking versus ETF, which is better. And I'm sure this is something that most of us would probably already have the answer to it. Because if we talk about, I mean, just yesterday, we talked about diversification, right? So naturally, ETFs have a load of stocks within its uh, within its chest. So you, you don't really necessarily have to go and pick. Uh, whereas for stocks, you got to go and pick. But is really one better than the other? Mm. Just a quick one then. Yeah. I uh, just want to throw you a question. You know, have you bought an ETF or are you currently holding on to any ETFs here? No, although I wish I had one because, uh, I mean, I would normally do stock picking uh, because I do watch the markets from time to time. But I feel like it's getting a bit tiring. So ETFs might seem like a better fit. Mm. Yeah. So for me, it, it really depends on what, what, what you want and how you're going to manage your time. So mm. I will always tell my friends who actually want to, who want to get started investing, right? Um, first, think about what sort of lifestyle you actually want. Do you want to actually, you know, monitor the market? Uh, do you want to have a more laid-back laid approach? Um, you know, more passive approach? Yeah. That would actually decide what sort of investments you, would be more appropriate for you. So for, for example, for myself, you know, I do invest for myself, mm. um, for my family. Um, but for me, I'm, probably more of a hands-off approach person mm. when it comes to investing for my kids because yeah. I cannot be managing so many different uh, small portfolios and yeah. their money. So what I typically do for 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 money where or for investments which I don't really want to monitor too frequently, I will be looking at the ETF. Okay. Um, and ETF, you know, these days there are so many products, um, services which have already come out from different fund managers. Uh, sometimes I think for a start, a good way to actually look at ETF, for example, is to be looking at some of the big in- indices yeah. Right, uh, one of which is the S and P five hundred, which mm-hmm. is the largest and the most, uh, the deep, the deepest market because it tracks the top five hundred companies um, in the US market. So the the five hundred biggest buy market capitalization. So mm-hmm. you can simply just buy that and then you you know allow it to uh, let it hold on to it for you know many years. Like for myself. You know, before the show started, I shared with you, you know, on the, the, the brokerage app that I actually invested for my son. And, yeah. you know, what I typically do is I take his um, Ang Pao money from his Chinese <laughs> New Year and yep. the money we should give him for his birthday. Okay. Um, and I just put it into the, just buying into the ETF, mm. uh, the S&P 500 ETF religiously every other month. So right. whether the market, you know, goes higher or whether it, it, it falls, it doesn't really matter too much because for me, I do have a system systematic approach systematic approach to buying so every you know say what every month or every two months or every time when I hit a certain amount of mm. money which comes in to his account I will just deploy it into the ETF itself so mm. ETF really helps um, in this way where it helps to sort of um, give you a very hands-off lazy man's way of approaching mm. another good thing about having this ETF is you know you let's say if you want to get some exposure to a certain sector mm-hmm. but you might not you might not be very good or you might not have the time to actually pick the individual stocks in a yeah. particular sector or in the country yeah. that ETF will actually help mm. um, 
one way or how to actually look at these ETFs, uh, what I will actually pay attention to, number one is the size of the ETF because if the ETF gets too small, mm-hmm. typically, you know, if you see for fund managers, they after all runs businesses. So if the ETF or the products are too small in terms of their assets under management, they might actually kill off the product or they, they might not really bother too much about the product which leaves the consumers or the investors who are investing in the ETF uh, sort of settled with, you know, the uh, sort of a neglected product here. So oh it is important to actually look at uh, ETF which have a sizable amount. Um, okay. So that's one part of ETF. Mm. Uh, now, when it comes to um, investing, let's say if you want something more, let's say if you want to generate a much higher return or you want to have more control. Okay. For example, let's say if you want to do an income investing. So mm. ETF might not give you the kind of yield, the kind of returns when it comes to income. Mm. Then that's where you probably want to do a bit more of stock picking here. Mm. So stock picking, basically you buy into a basket of stocks like what we have discussed yesterday mm. on diversifying. So you buy into a diversified basket of stocks across different businesses, different countries, different sectors. And then, you know, we invest accordingly and we sort of take on the more active approach. Number yep. one, versus ETF, you potentially can get a much uh, better returns versus the ETF itself. And primarily because the ETF tracks the market. So when you buy ETF, it logically, you won't be able to outperform the market because you are just buying the market. Mm, but yeah. if you are buying an individual bucket, bus, uh, basket of stocks, yeah. you have that potential to perform better or get a much better returns yeah. than what the market is offering you. Of course, that also comes with the need to put in some time, mm. to put in some effort to actually study um, the, the stock itself, the yeah. business itself. And that's one crucial thing which uh, investors um, would want if they want to start and get started investing. Mm. Would you say that if let's say, you know, we, let's, let's decide to go on the stock picker approach, right? But we decide to follow what majority of the ETFs are doing as well. Is this you consider stock picking as well? And we get to read the benefits of uh, how the markets are moving? Mm. So when when it comes to stock picking, of course, there, there are a couple of criteria which I typically use. Um, mm. I mean, number one, you look at the revenues, then you look at the net profits. To yeah. make sure both of them, they grow consistently. They have a recurring theme, you know, year after year. So you mm. don't want to be looking at um, companies where even though they might be growing revenues, but they might not be making much profits or even making losses. So those are the yeah. companies which I want to avoid. Okay. Um, another one is, another criteria is um, on picking stocks is looking at the free cash flow of the business, whether it has been able to generate um, safely um, the amount of cash which it collects um, minus off the amount of cash which it needs to actually pay to maintain the business. Mm. So this is some criteria which I would typically use. Um, of course, when it builds, when it comes to building a portfolio, yeah. right, you can have both stock picking and ETFs as well okay. into the mix. Um, for example, you know you feel that you want to look at say healthcare stocks, but you might not have um, the time or even the expertise in looking at some of the little nuances and some of the idiosyncrasies of the healthcare market. Yeah. But you still feel that, you know, that there is, a, you, you have sort of a bias or a view that healthcare uh, has that potential runway. Mm. So what you could do, you know, you could actually, rather than pick individual healthcare stocks, mm. you could buy uh, an ETF which gives you exposure to the different healthcare stocks itself. I see. All right. Do ETFs pay dividend as well? So there are some ETFs which pays dividends, but um, again, we have to actually take note of where the ETF is located. Mm. If the ETF is domiciled in certain countries, you might be subjected to 
a withholding tax. So Ooh. it could range anywhere from 10% all the way to 30%. So wow. ETFs do do have that withholding tax uh, structure there. So I think it's good as investors, you know, to take a look at the fact sheet of some of these ETF providers. Okay, let's now shift to our last conversation, our, uh, the, the last part of this conversation to stock picking. All right. And I, I know you're a big believer of dividends, right? Now, Willie, talk to us about what are important things that we need to look out for when picking dividend stocks then. Do we just look at the dividend yield or do we just, uh, what other metrics are there to, to look at? Mm. So, there are a couple of things which I want to look at, especially for dividend stocks. So dividend stocks actually, um, if you see, you know, in a life cycle of businesses, mm. um, dividend stocks typically fall in the range of very mature, very stable companies. So these are businesses where they are already sort of at the mid to the end of their their whole life cycle in the entire business um, um, outlook here, which yeah. means that their revenues and their profits typically tend to be more steady, tend to be more recurring. You don't typically send tend to see very huge growth um, in the business itself, unlike technology companies. So when I'm looking at dividend stocks, when I'm looking at these businesses, number one, it must have a certain size, right? So it must be a large cap company. Okay. Um, this provides that stability and it also shows that it has some form of durable business uh, business model because it has been able to weather you know multiple crises for many many years. Mm. So that's one that's one um, criteria which I'm looking at. Um, another criteria is looking at the balance sheet or the leverage ratio. So a very simple thirty seconds here where you can actually look at the the leverage ratio of the company is basically taking a simple ratio called the total debt divided by the total equity. So as okay. long as this simple ratio is below 100%, um, you know, you can actually uh, start to actually um, tick the checkbox because okay. if the leverage falls beyond 100%, I think that's where um, some of these dividend stocks tend to get a bit risky. And the reason why is because um, if the leverage ratio is too high, it mm. means that the company is borrowing a lot of money, mm. um, which also means if, let's say, in a certain year, if the company doesn't perform well or if its profits drop, um, in order to maintain or sustain its dividends, um, it might actually have to borrow more money in order to actually pay out um, to dividend holders oh um, in order to sustain um, this dividend payout. So, it is a bit tricky here. There are actually companies which sustain some of this dividend payout by borrowing cash, by borrowing money, and especially in a time where interest rates are high, um, mm. it might actually make it um, tougher for companies to service, for example, their interest cost and also maintain their profitability. So um, looking at leverage is another one. Mm. Um, the last one which I'll, I will be looking at is how cheap or how expensive this dividend is, you know. So that mm. actually looks at how the the dividend yield has actually historically traded. So for me, when I'm buying into a dividend um, stock, I want to be looking at whether, you know, I'm overpaying for a, a, a dividend yield stock. Yeah. Say, for example, if the yield on the stock itself is trading at the historical um, high, that means... You know, it has a very high dividend yield mm. trading with respect to its average uh, dividends. Then, of course, this is something which I definitely want to be looking at. However, on the flip side, if its dividend yield is trading at a very low, at, at a very expensive range, meaning that it trades at the historical low dividend yield mm. with respect to its historical average, then I might want to sort of take a step back, um, maybe not be too anxious into buying some of these dividend stocks. Wonderful. Wow. Wonderfully put. First things first, you want to make sure the market cap is big enough. The secondly, leverage as well. Check for their leverage ratio. And lastly, we want to talk about the price and whether it's uh, justifiable based on its dividend yield as well. Thank you as always, Willie, for this.
this wonderful segment and to help us understand better which would be easy, which would better fit our investment strategy, stock picking or ETF. We'll catch you again soon enough, yeah? Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Willie. And continue to keep it right here with us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.